everybody. We got a great show lined up for you today, but business first. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends at Performance Inspired Nutrition. That's pi-nutrition.com. I'm telling you, you need to check out the Ripped Whey Protein Powder. Now, I, every morning, I mix a cup of the Ripped Whey Protein Powder in mocha flavor with eight ounces of milk, and I either shake it up or if I if everybody's already up around the house, then I put it in the blender. Either way, it is absolutely delicious. It keeps me feeling full all day. It gives me the vitamins and nutrients that my body needs so that I feel great. Not all this artificial stuff that a lot of other companies have inside their products that give you that false sense of healthy or that false sense of energy. Uh, It's not that with Performance Inspired because everything is plant-based and it is 100% all natural. So when I take my ripped whey protein shake every morning, like I said, I feel full all day. There is even times when it comes to eating, I'm not even ready to eat dinner because I still feel full from when I drank my shake at like seven o'clock in the morning. And that I'm, this is no BS at all. I feel full all day. I've got the energy to do everything that I need. And there were times when I got out of my routine and and did not get up and drink my shake every morning. And I remember every day about two o'clock, two, two thirty, three o'clock, I, I would feel like I was dragging uh, a little bit. And it was like, that was the clear indicator for me. I've got to get back on my routine. And I did. And of course, my energy came back because when your body has the supplements and the energy, uh, natural energy drivers that it needs in the form of vitamins and nutrients, you're going to have that natural uh, enthusiasm, that natural energy that only comes with all natural products without any of the side effects. I encourage you highly. Check it out today at pi-nutrition.com. It's performance inspired and good news. When you go to pi-nutrition.com and you buy your stuff, when you get to check out, enter code Steve and you're going to get 10% off your order. And a lot of things they've even are running some additional promotions right now where you will get free shipping. If you want to check out their uh, beauty and collagen support, they've got that. The daily multivitamins, whole grain uh, and food multivitamins, they are absolutely awesome. The diet and energy supplements that I also use, again, keep me feeling fresh, natural, lots of natural energy all day long. You can check those out as well. But most of all, remember that it's all natural, plant-based, all natural natural. You're not putting anything that's bad for you in your body. And that is what makes this so great. So go check out all the awesome products to help you live a more healthy and active lifestyle at Performance Inspired Nutrition, pi-nutrition.com. Also brought to you by the Artist Development Academy at artistdevelopmentacademy.com. If you're a singer, songwriter, artist, producer, engineer, and you want to take your career to the next level, and you want to learn from the best in the business, this is where you need to be at the Artist Development Academy. All Access members get access to our entire library of online courses, plus you get a brand new online course every month. 
You get access to our members-only community forum where you can find co-writers and collaborators, post your work for feedback. You can ask pros. You want to know what we think? Uh, our, our instructors think about the new song you wrote or the new production that you're working on or your new YouTube video. Whatever it is that you're working on, you can ask those of us that have had success at it to give you real-world constructive criticism and feedback. That is all a part of your membership when you become an all-access member. Plus, you get access to our members-only live stream and webinar events where you can connect with our instructors one-on-one to get answers to the questions you need to help move your career forward. Right now, you can save 30% with your annual membership. All you have to do is go to artistdevelopmentacademy.com, check check everything out. Then when you get to check out for your all-access membership, enter code Steve, you're going to get 30% off immediately, right there. And your entire membership for the entire year costs you less than a cup of coffee a day for a month. Seriously, it winds up being like $75 for the entire year. It's absolutely phenomenal. The results, people are starting to see results from using the strategies and implementing those things into their careers, and they're starting to grow their careers, which is the reason we started the whole thing in the first place. So become an all-access member today of the Artist Development Academy. Go to artistdevelopmentacademy.com and then enter code Steve at checkout and be sure and save that 30%. I am really excited about today's episode of the podcast. I'm telling you, it's going to be great. I've got my friend, my frequent collaborator, Jack Williams on the show. Uh, Jack is a phenomenal songwriter, a great artist. He has had cuts by just everybody. We're going to talk about the song he wrote for last season of Yellowstone and the new song that is currently Kevin Costner's new single off of the Tales to Yellowstone. Uh, Jack wrote that. We're going to talk about that, his relationship with Kevin Costner, and get into just a little bit of overall stuff talking about uh, the music business. But before we do, I want to remind you, we have got some awesome brand new stuff up at the the podcast merch store. Go check it out. Go to thestevefreeman.com, click on uh, podcast, or you can click on shop and you can check out the brand new line of no bullshit merch that we've got. Hats, coffee mugs, t-shirts, tanks for girls, hats, the the whole nine yards. It's all right there. So go check it out at thestevefreeman.com. Don't forget also, if you're listening to the podcast on Apple Podcast, iTunes, please leave us a written review. It goes a long way with Apple Podcasts and iTunes algorithm to where they keep shoving this podcast out to new people. So we really appreciate it when you do that. Rate us five stars and leave us a written review. So we've got Jack Williams, all of that coming up today on this episode of the Steve Freeman Podcast. I am so glad you are here. You're listening to the Steve Freeman Podcast, the real raw truth about the pursuit of success in music, business, and life. Here's your host, hit songwriter, multi-platinum selling producer, and serial entrepreneur, Steve Freeman. I'm honored to call him a friend of mine, a collaborator of mine. Um, you have heard his songs on the radio. He has had cuts with everyone from acts like Greg Allman, Montgomery Gentry, the Oak Ridge Boys, rock bands like Molly Hatchet, and even Kevin Costner. We're going to get into talking about that, Kevin Costner in the Modern West, and uh, songs he has written for television, film, including the hit show Yellowstone. We're going to talk about that. And it's my pleasure to bring in my friend, Jack Williams. Jack, it is so awesome to have you here, man. Thanks for uh, taking the time. I'm honored that you would 
have me here. This is great, man. Thanks. Oh, man, it is my pleasure. And hey, you know what? We have to add artist uh, now to that moniker because you've released uh, the new project, which I do want to talk with you about. Those of you that want to find it, it is absolutely amazing. Don't search Jack Williams. Search H. Jack Williams. And the, the project's called Already Dead. It came out May 1st. Some great music on there. And I want to get to that. Um, but Jack, tell me, tell me about your journey as a songwriter, where you came from, how you got to town and a little bit about your journey as a songwriter moving to Nashville. I don't know if we got enough time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got all the time in the world, man. Well, to make a long story short, um, I started out as a roadie for a cover band in, in Cleveland called law back in 1972. Um, and um, they were they were the biggest cover band on the East Coast. They had two. Uh, they were a split dimensional. They had a, a white a white sing. Uh, I mean, a black singer and a black bass player and a white guitar player and a white drummer. And they um, they founded the Agora Ballroom and the Agora Ballroom Circuit. And I went on as their roadie. Just they didn't have. I went to see them one night and they didn't have any roadie. And I asked them if I could do it. And they said, Yeah. And then I started writing songs. Uh, I wanted to write, and so I started writing poems and stuff like that and ended up writing a song with their lead singer. And that was it. End of story for them. And um, then I decided I was going to be a songwriter. And so I started writing songs and I would go to concerts and I would go backstage. And back then it was really easy to do that kind of stuff. You just had to be friends with the promoter and, and they all like budding songwriters at the time. And so I got to go backstage and meet whoever I wanted to meet and, and started out with Peter Gabriel. I, I, I started with him. He was the first person I ever played it or showed him anything. And it was a poem. And he said, well, this isn't a song. This is a poem. You need to put music to it. And I went, Oh, and he went, yeah, just go home, put your guitar, put some music to it and then take the next step. And as I walked out the door and he said, and remember, perseverance is the name of the game. I've been doing it now 45 years and, uh, and still doing it. And that is perseverance. I mean, I, that led me to Richie Havens. I met Richie Havens and Richie Havens took me under his wing and he taught me a lot about songwriting. Then he, Pushed me onward. Then I met the Who, and I, it was my first publishing deal with Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend. Signed with them for a year, and then from that I ended up with Uriah Heep. Worked with Ken Hensley for five years, and then came out of that and worked with a little bit with Ronnie Van Zant and those guys. And then I moved to Jacksonville, and then from Jacksonville I met Dickie Betts and Greg Allman, and Dickie convinced me to move here. In the mid eighties, I moved here in the mid eighties and Dickie Betts had a manager, Joe Sullivan, that was with, that owned a company called Sound 70 Productions. It was the biggest promoter in town. They also managed Charlie Daniels, God rest his soul. And, um, uh, I had just had a bunch of songs recorded by Uriah Heep and Joe Sullivan introduced me to Noel Fox at Silver Line Gold Line at the Oak Ridge Boys owned and. They ended up signing me and I got a couple Oak Ridge Boys cuts and it just went on from there. I would get the odd cut. Next cut was the Greg Allman cut and then, you know, a Blackfoot cut. Nothing, nothing, nothing like the guys in town are getting like with Jason Aldean or 
or or something like that. But they were all they were all really really cool individual classy little cuts and put them all together and they end up with a nice little picture. Well, so I still do it. Well, you know, and, and I'm, I'm so glad that you said that because to me, the, the definition of songwriter has changed so much over the years because I, I am one of the odd guys that I would, I would literally give anything and put money aside, put, put it for just don't even think about the money aspect of it. I, I love when I look over your discography and the people that you've worked with, you, you were writing songs and coming up in a time when number one, the song did really matter. It did. And, and when you were, were dealing with artists, like you were talking about Blackfoot, the who, I mean, just to be in those circles, I would I would much rather have come up through those ranks and in that time than having to deal with what we're calling the modern music business now, because to me, it earns it has so much more validity to it. When you talk about those people, there are there are artists today as a songwriter. I would rather have cuts on their records, even if they sold five copies. I would rather have that on my resume than a cut by Jason Aldean that sold 5 million copies. And I know for you, that's got to be a great feeling because when you talk about bands like that, and I'll tell you, this is what I, where I'm, where I'm getting you play, you have played a part in music history and, and you have worked with bands and had cuts on and worked with these artists that have framed and, and are basically the shoulders that everybody else is just standing on. And I, that's got to make you more proud to 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 sit back and rest on your laurels than thinking I am so enraged and and entrapped and with this whole system of trying to get a cut on the next Florida Georgia Line record. Yes and no. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, as a songwriter, I, I, the creative part is very important. But then at the same time we all have our own insecurities and, and I, I, I suppose because I've never had a number one country hit like everybody else I know in town has, that kind of makes me feel a little bit less than what they've done because that's just me, you know, I'm, I'm, but I don't chase it anymore. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But I am, you know, something like the Kevin Costner thing that just came out. I'm more proud of that than I'm proud of anything else in my well, I'd, life. I'll I'll I'll, tr- I'll trade you one of my number ones for your Kevin Costner cut. <laughs> that yeah. I swear I swear to God that to me that is that to me that is about legacy. And and whenever you can leave and that's what I try to tell new artists and songwriters today. The goal is not to have a hit. The goal should be to leave a legacy. And, and leave something behind you that you're proud of. Because I've written hit songs that I'm not proud of. I've written hit songs that I'll refuse to play at a songwriter's round because I just am not proud of it. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and I know you know that because you are a real, you're a real craftsman. Uh, and, and there's, we don't have very many craftsmen anymore. Now, there was a time, I mean, one of my Oak Ridge Boys songs, Everybody Wins, um, that song got cut just off of me playing a guitar and Jimbo singing it. I mean, I mean, Dwayne Allen 
obviously he gave us the idea, but I wrote the music and Jimbo wrote the lyrics. And then when it was all done, uh, Dwayne had to sit in front of, of, of uh, the producer and just played it. And that's how I got it. You can't get that. That doesn't happen anymore at all. Mm. Ever, ever. Can you walk in and just say, um, let me play your song that I just wrote and get it cut. Uh, that just, those days are over. I mean, it, it's forgotten. Unless you're an independent artist, I guess, and you know somebody like you. Like, I mean, if, I'm sure that if somebody, you had a friend that, and they played you a song and you were cutting on 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 uh, Danny or something like that and they played it to you and, and you went, whoa, I love that. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's different. You're old school. But I don't think that you can send a song like that to any of these people in town. No, no, I, I, I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't, I don't even have to think. I, I know that's not the case. Well, tell me, walk me through a little bit about your relationship with Kevin Costner, how that began. You had a song uh, featured in last season of, of Yellowstone, which was a be- absolutely beautiful song. Uh, you've got uh, songs featured on Kevin Costner and, new, and Modern West's new record, uh, Tales from Yellowstone. Tell us about that relationship. How did that come about? Because that, that speaking of things that don't happen, that very rarely happens. But you guys have a, a great symbiotic, creative relationship. And, and I'd love for people to hear how that came about. Well, um, it came about Four years ago, when I told my wife, I, I like everything else I've ever done, everybody I've ever worked for, I've just said, I'm going to work with that person. And I found a way to do it if it took me four years. And I told her, I said, I'm going to work with Kevin Costner. When I saw that he had a band and I heard him sing, I said, I'm going to work with him. And I and I mean, I hit every red flag in the world on, on the way there. Uh, and then finally... Finally, I found Teddy Morgan and I found that he had a studio next to Blackbird and I found it and I wrote him a letter and I said, can we get together and talk about songwriting? And Teddy said, yeah. And when we got together, he said, what do you really want? And I said, I want to meet Kevin and work with Kevin. He said, well, Kevin doesn't write with anybody that isn't part of the band or hasn't written with the band. And I said, well, let's start writing. (laughs) So we did. We did. And the first song I wrote with him was called Heaven So Far Away. And he sent it to Kevin and Kevin recorded it immediately. And they put it on When the Music Stops record. And flash forward now, a year past that, uh, Kevin Costner and Modern West were doing a short little tour over here. They did Florida, Georgia, and then they did a big club in Knoxville. And Teddy was going to drive that gig instead of go with the band. And I asked to come along. And he said, well, it's going to be a long night. He said, you know, we don't play until 11 o'clock. He said, we're going to do a sound check at 3.30. And everybody's going to go to sleep. And since you and I are driving back, I'm definitely going to sleep. So you're going to be on your own for about seven hours. And I said, that's fine. That's fine. And so everybody went to bed, like he said, about five o'clock. And I was standing in the parking lot talking to my wife and somebody came up and tapped me on the shoulder. I turned around and it was a guy and he said, you Jack? And I said, yeah. And he said, Kevin wants you on the bus. And I walked on the bus and Kevin was standing there in jeans and a T-shirt with his in-house director, Mark. And they were doing going over some um, film stuff. And he just looked at me and he said, well... What you think? 
And I went, about what? He said, about the song. And I went, well, I loved it. I said, you could have sang crap and I would have loved it. <laughs> and he laughed and we sat down and it was friendship from then on. I mean, they had just done a sound check and he asked me what I thought of the band. I told him I loved the band. And uh, he found some hesitation in my voice. And he said, but, and I said, um, nothing. And he said, no, what? And I went, well, two of the songs that you guys did, I think you could rekey. I said, <laughs> it sounded like it was a little bit above your range. And he looked at me and he said, that's what I've been trying to tell them for two years. And when the band walked in, he told them exactly what I said. And three weeks later, I was sitting in his living room writing with him. We've been best friends ever since. And it's because I talked the truth to him. And and um, the same thing happened with this, this record. Troy Johnson, Scott Lindsay, and I wrote a song, Won't Stop Loving You, for a country pitch. Demoed it up and everything. It was great. Um, I always send everything I write to Kevin, regardless. It, this song resonated with him. But he wrote me back and he said, um, man, I think this is a great Tales from Yellowstone song. This is John Dutton. This is about how John Dutton feels about the loss of his wife. But can you rewrite it for that? And I said, well, you got to tell me what you want. Okay, we'll get back to it. So I was in Kroger the next day and he texted me and said, can you talk? And I said, no, I'm in Kroger, but I'll be home in 20 minutes. And so I got home in 20 minutes and he said, put the phone on speaker. And I'll go into character as John Dutton and I'll talk about the loss of my wife and you write down everything and take it back to your co-writers. And I did. And we rewrote it with Kevin and it's the single out now and on the video. And my wife is actually wearing a T-shirt says, won't stop loving you on it. After 45 years of writing songs, I finally have a T-shirt with a title on it <laughs> of one of my songs and Kevin Costner's name on the back. It's pretty cool. Well, and, and you know, for, for guys like you and me, and, and a lot of people don't understand this and it, because so often so many people get get sucked in by the illusions of grandeur of this business. But you, the way that you just it, it, that, that is exactly right. It's almost like at this point, it's those things that you live for. You know, it, it mm -hmm. is it, it, it's it's not. Yes, we do what we do because and, and we want money to come from it because that's how we provide for our family. Just like anybody else, just like anybody that gets up and goes to a job and clocks in. Believe you me, we get up and we clock in at seven o'clock. And guess what? The thing about being a songwriter is you never really clock out. You're always on the job. And so, yes, we do things and we want it to succeed monetarily so that we can continue to provide for our family. But if you really want to know the truth, it's things like that. It is totally things like that. And, and it's the aspirations that we have that go way beyond. I told you, and we still haven't made this happen. We're going to make it happen. But I told you six, eight months ago that I have, I've had the pleasure. I've written songs for a ton of big films and TV shows, and I've had number ones, and, and I've had that success, if you will. But I swear to God, I will not feel like I've made it unless I have, have a song in Yellowstone. <laughs> it, it is, it's just one of those things that the industry props up all of these goals that you're supposed to want to make. And, and it revolves around money and chart position and plaques on the wall. When in reality, it's like, man, 
I think those of us that are purist at heart have completely set a different set of markers that we call making it, if you will. And those don't have anything to do with charts and numbers and, and bank accounts. Yeah, I think that's all old school. I mean, all the songwriters I know that from the old school, they're all, when they came to town, they all knew exactly. Um, I, they knew what they wanted. If, like, I'm sure, and I'm probably speaking out of place here, but I'm, I've been a good friend of Jim McBride's for 30 years, so I think I can say this. I, I'm sure that when Jim moved to town, and he, while he was still a post working for the post office, I'm sure that in his heart he said, I want to get Alan Jackson to cut one of my songs. You know what I mean? I don't think I were, were, and, and back then that's what you did. You came to town with a goal in mind of somebody cutting your song and you did that. And the other thing that, that, that doesn't happen in this town anymore is, is if I wrote a song today and you wrote a song today and we both happened to be in the same area at the same time, I couldn't wait to play you the song I wrote today and you couldn't wait to play mm-hmm. me the song you wrote today. And, and we both worked for different companies and everything, but that I can't remember the last time anybody played me a song that they wrote today because nobody wow. wants you to know share what? anything. I haven't thought about that, but you are 100%. I remember 10 years ago, 12 years ago, you, and even before you were exactly right. We couldn't wait to share what we had created. And you are, I don't remember the last you, I think you were the last person to send me a song that you wrote without pitching it without. And, and you, and you texted me three times to make sure it was okay that you did it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, send me the song. Quit asking, send me the song. I can't wait to hear it. But, but because the parameters of the business have changed and it's so not like the way that it used to be that you're right. It's like now we're scared to do that. Now we feel mm-hmm. like, you know, not between you and me and, and other, you know, friends that we have closely, but, but even that, I don't have friends that go, Hey man, wrote this yesterday. I wrote this this morning, man, you got to hear it. I'm just so in love with this. And, and I, do you think it's because we've entered this phase of the music business where it's, it's, we feel it's unhealthy or prohibitive for us to share our work with one another or to be excited for, for each other? Oh, no, I think it's because there's no more. No, I don't think it's that. I think it's because everybody's out for themselves now. And I don't think there's no more family like it used to be. It was all Mm. family back then. I mean, back in the Harlan Howard days, back in the days of those guys, it was all family. I mean, it was all one big family that would go get after work, would end up at Tavern on the Row or third coast or somewhere else and drink until seven or eight and then go sit in the car with each other and play each other's songs. Or somebody would bring a guitar out on the lawn and start, this is something I played and this is something I played with no fear, with no fear of stealing an idea. But I think people do fear that now. I think there's, because there's no family, if you don't have any family, then you don't have any trust. The trust goes away. So you don't trust, so you don't play anybody your ideas because, um, I don't know, I saw something posted on Facebook today. I'm not going to mention any na- A couple of days ago, I'm not going to mention any names, but I saw a prominent songwriter in town post a song that he just had cut. Somebody just cut, and he played a demo of it, and it was pretty close, you know. 
Right. And so you got to watch out for things like that now where you didn't back then. You didn't have to watch out for that. No, it, it is. A, it is a completely it's I, I just I the reason that that it's like I'm I'm and I know you're you're doing things differently. I know I'm doing things differently. And I think it's because we're trying to find not only where we fit today, but also trying to go back and create some of where of that family trying to create that atmosphere again with each other. Cause I, th- yeah. I think, I think that's more important than anything. And, and it just, well, it just that because of music row too, you got to realize that haven't a lot of that was because of music uh, way music row was. I mean, that was two streets with nothing but publishing houses up and down the street. So you could walk out the door of your publishing company and be next door at, an, at your buddy's publishing company in two minutes. And, and there was all that. Everybody was walking on the street. Everybody was talking. Everybody was going to the same shop for lunch. Everybody was going to the same shop for breakfast. But now because of modernization, Music Row isn't that way anymore. So that takes away from that family too. It does. Let me ask you. But you still gonna... hold on to what you got. You got to hold on to the friends you have like this. You know what I mean? Um, and you got to still got to. Still got to keep the friends you have and, and trust in them. And I think if people do that, it, it'll be good. Well, and, uh, you know, it's so funny. I remember the the very first time we met uh, was on a co-write. And I remember thinking to myself that usually, for those of you that don't know, when you're meeting somebody for the first time, especially in a co-writing you know, situation, there are times, and I know in my career, and I know it's happened to you too, Jack, but there are times whenever it's the first 45 minutes to an hour, hour and a half, two hours, trying to get comfortable with somebody. And, and sometimes you can, and sometimes you can't. And I remember when you came, when you got to the right, it was just, it, it was that old school family feel. There was no, we got to fill each other out to see where we're, it was just instant. And and we yeah. got we got a great song. Because I respected you. There was no pre-qualification coming into the room. It was just two guys getting together to write a song with the with the song being the goal. The goal was not exactly. for me to prove that I'm better than you or you to prove that you're better than me or that it, it was we want to write a great song. Both of our goal, we share one thing in common, and that is we want to get a great song out of this. Egos be damned. Everything business be damned because if the song's not right, the business will never be there. And we we were able to come together in that. And it's like, that's why I know I, and I don't know if you've done this, but over the last three or four years, I bet I had a stable of maybe 30, 20, somewhere between 20 and 30 writers that I wrote with regularly. And I've whittled that down to maybe five. Me too. Because I don't, if that, no, that's exactly right. I, I have, you know what? I can say it on, I know for sure four that I don't need to write with anybody else. I, I, I just, there's, there's, I don't need to write with, oh, so-and-so over here to write a great song. I would rather sit down and spend my time, which I feel is valuable. And I know your time is valuable. I would rather spend that time productively sitting across from somebody that I know that shares the same goal that I have. But here's the thing, and this is the thing. Back when we were starting out, 
those guys that we wanted to write with did the same thing that we're doing now. And we would go, why won't they write with us? And they would go, I got my little five people I write with and that's it. And we didn't understand why. Yes. And we had no idea why we didn't know why they only wrote, why they wouldn't break out and try somebody new because we were good. Why wouldn't they try somebody like us? But you couldn't get me to write with somebody brand new just off the cuff on a phone call. Now, if you, Unless unless it came from somebody I really, 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 really trusted. Right. Because of that. Well, no. And, it's and, a waste. Know, it, that's and you said I was going to say it. You just said it because it's a waste of time that that is yeah. when you deal in. That's what a lot of people and I, I'm trying to put this into terms. Most people understand songs are our currency. That is how we deal. That is how we pay for things. That is how we get by in life. Songs are our currency. They are our job. And a lot of new artists, new songwriters don't understand that if I've got four hours, five hours, six hours, or a day to write, why am I going to write with somebody that I don't know that I'm going to have to develop that rapport with? Because it is our job. My job is to go in and get the best product possible. Why would I do that with somebody new whenever I can call Jack and go, Jack, man, I got to hell of an idea and we can bring we can knock this thing out of the park and bring it home and i know that we can i don't have to guess i don't i don't have to go well it's going to take an hour and a half to get to know this person get comfortable with them find out what you know so i mean it is a business and i know that new songwriters get frustrated when they send emails and they 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 call you know can you and it's like i'm not trying to tell you that i don't feel like you're worth it I'm trying to tell you that I do this for a living and my time is better spent. No offense. You know, even though they do get offended every single time. I got letters like that all the way up my career. But we do too. I mean, we've been there. My heart. Well, and I get, I, like you said, I understand it a lot more today than I understood it 15 years ago. I I did totally different, totally different thing, you know, different, different point of view. And I get it. And I understand why those guys did that. I want to ask yeah. you before, before we talk about the new record, cause I want to talk about the new record. I, I want to ask you a question. If for whatever reason, if somebody said today, Jack, it's over, you can't do this anymore. What's the one thing that you would look back on your career and go, I am most proud of this and why? Probably the time I spent with your I heap. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was a time in my life when I was just coming, just coming into my myself. And I'm proud of the fact that somebody like Ken Hensley um, and Uriah Heap took me under their wing and um, allowed me to co-write with them. They were major rock stars, for God's sakes. I mean, I... I got to do demos with with Alvin Lee and and Mick Ralphs and George Harrison and I mean all my songs and and I learned and I all I had to do was keep my mouth shut and, and listen and that helped form me and I think I'm more more I wish those days would have lasted longer but I'm that's where my whole being started I think was in that those two or three years in in London when I went over there and worked with those guys. That's awesome. That's I wondered if that's what you would say. That that is awesome because there is something about you know constantly we all look to the past. 
And it's like there's something about certain periods of our life that just they define the rest of our lives. And it's like it's that that's interesting to hear. I ask everybody that question because I find the answer so interesting. So you've written all these songs. You've had all this experience. You've always been the guy behind the lyrics and the guy behind the melody. All of a sudden this year, Jack Williams decides he's going to jump in the artist pool. And you put out a brand new project at the beginning of May called Already Dead. Tell me what made you decide to do that and take that leap from from songwriter to now artist slash singer songwriter. And then tell me a little bit about the project. That was a combination of a couple of different things. That was a combination of um, Scott Robinson, who owns um, dual um, dual tone records with the Lumineers. Um, he had been coming to, he'd come two or three times to see me play at Libra's at, uh, at Puckett's and um, asked me why I didn't sing my own songs. I've always been afraid of my own voice because I work with such great singers every day that the, I keep my, like, you know, my bar on singers is like my bar on guitar players. I mean, if I can't get near Tom Bukovac, then I'm no good. <laughs> you know, I mean, if I can't sing like Troy Johnson, then I can't sing, you know, so I just was never proud of my voice. But back in the day when I worked with Richie Havens, he did the same thing. He said, you need to sing your own songs. And finally, finally, when I got with, with Jill's and Anthem, between Jill's and Scott, everybody was like, okay, this is the sound of TV and film are looking for your, your voice. This is what the listen to TV, listen to Sons of Anarchy, listen to Justified, listen to the songs that are getting cut for those TV shows. It's all dark, raspy voices. And, you know, and Leonard Cohen, Tom Waits, this style of voice, that's the kind of voice I have. And so I got together with Adam Box from the Brothers Osborne, and, and he said, I'll, I'll produce it if you write it. And we write it together, and I got with him and and uh, Mark Marchetti, who is Peggy Lynn, Loretta Lynn's son-in-law. And between the three of us, we wrote those songs, and and I did it. And then when the people at Anthem Film and TV heard it, and and the Film and TV people heard it, they said, this is exactly what we were looking for. And that gave me confidence to continue doing it. I don't know if I'm, you know, you're not going to see me on tour or anything like that, but I have a, don't have a problem going out and playing the stuff, and and I, I I love to play live, but I have a lot more confidence now because of that, and and I got to write what I wanted to write. I got to write about my childhood, and I got to write about bad things that country music won't let you write about, you know, right? It Which is, is what TV wants to hear. That that's exactly that is exactly right. It 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 is. And I love I love so much more doing stuff for TV and film than I ever have writing for artists or or other it just to me it allows me to to be ultimately creative. Which is why we all got into this in the first place because we had something we wanted to express, something we wanted to say and yeah. TV film really I found and I don't know about you but it it that's feels like more like my home. That's where I can be me. Yeah, exactly. You can write what you want to write. I mean, if you, if, if you, um, if you were abandoned as a child, you can write that song and, 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 and they'll put it on behind the scene. 
it works, you know? So, you know, I mean, or, or, or if somebody cheated on you and broke your heart and you can go ahead and call her a bitch, <laughs> you know, because that works where you can't on radio, you know? So. No, that's, it's a hundred percent true. You guys, you need to go. I wait something with you because here's the thing. The thing about film and TV is the one, the only good thing about COVID, if there's anything good about COVID is that right now there's no shooting being done and mm. music is the last thing to go in. We know that. So as for like a show like Yellowstone, I haven't even begun shooting Yellowstone and don't know when. Probably be the end of August, which means it'll be early next year before they even start looking for songs. So you got all that time to find out what's going on and what the storyline is and then write a few songs that might back up those storylines. So there's plenty of time for all of that kind of stuff. And, and it's really just about that, you know? Yeah, totally. For those of you watching and or listening, uh, make sure you go check out uh, Jack's project, Already Dead. Uh, you can find it everywhere you buy or stream your music. Search for H. Jack Williams. It's called Already Dead, and you're going to love it. Five songs, Devil's Ro uh, Devil Road, Ain't No More, Already Dead, Change, Oh God. They're all great. You're going to, it's, I guarantee that when you first start listening, you're not going to expect what you're going to get, but what you get, you are going to absolutely 110% love. So go check it out. Already dead. Every it's available now everywhere you buy and stream your music. Well, Jack, thank you for doing this, man. Thank you for taking the time. And you and I actually have a couple of songs we've written together that are going to be coming out uh, in a few short months. Uh, on a new artist that, that we're excited about. And uh, uh, maybe when that happens, I'll have you back on. Maybe this whole COVID thing will be done and I can have you here in the studio. I would love that. But more than anything, I would love it when we get together and write something for film and TV because I just know that we're going to write something cool. Well, we're going to do that. We're going to do that for sure. Jack, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for being here, thanks buddy. And Oh, man, anytime. And we'll, we will for sure talk soon. Thanks, buddy. All right, brother. Thank you for having me again. I want to once again thank my buddy Jack Williams for uh, taking the time out being here with us on the Steve Freeman podcast today. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you learned something, uh, some very valuable nuggets in there. If you need to rewind it, go back, listen again. Uh, I encourage you to do so. I appreciate every single one of you being here. Don't forget, leave us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, make sure that you drop a like on the video. If you're not subscribed, to the channel already, hit that subscription button and subscribe. Go to thestevefreeman.com for all of the show notes, for anything we might have talked about, for links, any of that kind of stuff, joining my inner circle, getting my free artist development masterclass. It's all right there at thestevefreeman.com. Guys, until next time, keep being creative, keep pressing the boundaries, and there's nothing wrong with being independent. See you in the next episode. Thanks for joining us for the Steve Freeman Podcast. Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Steve on social media at, at the Steve Freeman.